Welcome to the Cognitive Warrior Podcast, where we try to present and discuss current events involving law enforcement and the communities we serve. So why is it that we're allowed to have warrior athletes, cancer survivors are considered warriors, and even justice warriors, but when it comes to the police, the warrior is not what we want. We make it a negative term. So today's episode is a direct result of the introduction of the Guardian philosophy, which is gaining ground since the presentation of the 21st Century Police Report from 2015. However, we'll save the Guardian philosophy for another discussion. Due to the name of this podcast, The Cognitive Warrior, we believe we need to really sit down and understand this warrior ethos that's coming under fire today in society, whether it be police work or anywhere else. So one of the things we need to do is we have to gain a better understanding of the warrior ethos and what it really is and why it's an integral part of every successful civilization and where it needs to be or its place in today's America. So first off, when we start the discussion, often when we talk about warrior, we believe it has completely to do with being on the battlefield or being engaged in warfare. Even when you look it up in the dictionary, it will say someone engaged in warfare or learned in the art of combat or dealing with a conflict. Now, that's a very short, quick, and kind of a misdirection as far as to what the warrior ethos is. It's a very small aspect of this ethos. As a result of this limited view and really a misinterpretation, what's happening to law enforcement today is they're being told, well, the warrior is someone who seeks out and often creates conflict. This could not be further from the truth. If we look back about this warrior ethos across history, normally it's the result of improper or overzealous actions of others which thrust the warrior into conflict. When we really look at it, how many warriors or soldiers declare war? They don't. World leaders do. The warrior is the one who has to go out there and actually deal with the cost of war. And as such, the true warrior will go out of their way to avoid conflict. They just personally know the price is too high for everybody involved. Police work is similar in this regard. Law enforcement personnel do not create the laws or set the penalties. We simply have to figure out how to accomplish the task at hand. What the research bears out is that the warrior ethos has as much to do with warfare as Sun Tzu's Art of War has to do with warfare, which is virtually nothing. In the book Art of War, it's really about people and preparations at its core. You know, how to avoid conflict or how to win win the battle without ever fighting. It's a must-read for any leader in any walk of life. It has everything to do with how to lead your people, how to set them up for success. It just so happens it takes place on the battlefield Because that is the one place in an extremely short amount of time we can test any kind of philosophy or theory to its fullest because the stress is real. It's at the extreme of difficulty, the battlefield. That's why many of our leadership lessons come from there, because you are going to test that theory to its fullest in a relatively short amount of time. This idea that warriors are only about violence is is way off base, you know, because violence is chaotic and unpredictable. The true warrior is neither. The true warrior, especially when we look at police work, uses precision of action. We are not allowed collateral damage. That's why in law enforcement, we don't respond with violence of action. We respond with precision of action. That's another difference between law enforcement's mission and the military's mission. The military, they they rightfully so will respond in some cases with violence of action, but that is a distinct difference that we have to recognize between the two missions. The only time we'll see violence of action in the police warrior is when all else has failed. It's a sign of frustration and a loss of options. Violence of action is where, we, where most of us go when we're oblivious to the warrior ethos or we've run out of options and we basically freak out and do whatever it takes to get out of there. For the true warrior that actually understands and has learned this warrior ethos, violence and warfare are the last result 
Again, the warrior understands the price is too high for everybody involved. So for me, what happened to change this idea of the warrior ethos? Because I did. I did the research like most folks. And every time you type in warrior, it's all on the battlefield. It's about killing and maiming and all these things, which are just such a small part. What happened is I changed my search parameters to include warriors during peacetime. And this brought back a completely different set of results. So what I got back was this warrior ethos, which has been around probably since the dawn of man. And because of that, has been allowed to grow and meet our needs and mature. So when we go back, we can go back to the Romans. You can go back further, but I settled on the Roman period. And when you looked at the, the Roman warriors, when they were not on the battlefield, they were actually the builders of societies. They would build the aqueducts, amphitheaters, roadways. They did all of these things. Uh, they ran the rock quarries because they're the ones that had the training. As a matter of fact, when you look a little further, you find in the larger cities, they actually directed traffic and wealthy merchants would hire them for crime prevention. So there's a reason why law enforcement has such a, a, a direct link to the military, because we were literally born from there. Our rank structure, the command structure, all those things, which really only are successful in the military, which is why we have such a difficult time in law enforcement. The mission's different. However, we can understand that tie. We were literally born from our military background. Even the samurai, during their one period of, of peace, during the Tokugawa period, they became the bureaucrats and artisans, etc. So even though they continued to train for warfare, they continued to give back to the communities that they served. And think about it, for a long time, one of the unwritten prerequisites to be the bureaucrat or be the leader of your community, you came from the military. Because the military, the warrior ethos, is all based on serving others. And that's a huge, huge piece to understand and remember. And it is one of the big things that separates the warrior ethos from the guardian philosophy. So even though our history shows we were born directly from the military, America and a handful of other places were smart enough to know that the military cannot be used to maintain law and order with its citizenry. If you look throughout history, every country... And, and group of civilized people who use the military for this purpose have failed miserably over and over again. There's a reason why law enforcement or peace officers, police officers, sheriff's deputies, all those organizations were formed because we knew it had to be separate from the military. And the main reason for this is the mission of the military is very different from the mission of law enforcement. And the military, they get to deal with the enemy. As a police officer, I'm never dealing with the enemy. As evil as some of the folks are that we deal with, they're not the enemy. They are still citizens for the most part in some way, shape, or form. So we can't take that aspect from the military. So this is where it really becomes clear as to this warrior ethos and what's important about it. It is about selfless service. That means service to others first. So what that means is they need to have a clear mission. The mission is what drives the warrior. If the mission is messed up, then the warrior ethos has a very difficult time functioning and operating. So what do we mean by ethos when we talk about the warrior ethos? When you look up this in the dictionary, it says the distinguishing character, sentiment, moral nature, or guiding beliefs of a person, group, or institution. So when we tie that to the warrior ethos, using that core of the ethos, the army really did a good job of putting this together in a way that we could understand. And what they say is, in a broader sense, the warrior ethos is a way of life that applies to our personal and professional lives as well. We carry it with us all the time. It defines who we are and who we aspire to become. Think about that. It defines who we are and who we aspire to become. 
So remember, we talked about the warrior ethos being mission-driven, service before self, and that selfless service meaning in service to the mission, the greater good. So what is a mission? Why are we doing what we're doing? It's the goal. So as a result, and this has become very common for uh, companies and organizations, but I think we've turned it into a box checker. We use what we call a mission statement. And again, when we look this up, it's something that states the purpose or goal of a business or organization. Well, that's almost verbatim the part of ethos that defines who we are and who we aspire to become. So they're very similar, and that's for a reason. So when we talk about this mission and mission clarity, I briefly mentioned before, I think one of the issues that's making it tough for law enforcement is we have completely muddied up their mission. We know the clearer the mission, the greater the likelihood to accomplish. But in lines with this warrior ethos, what we see when we study the actual warrior ethos, incompleteness, is a continuous commitment to the greater good. The warrior believes in something larger than themselves, and that is the mission. This is not to say that the warrior ethos has not been misused or misdirected in history. We know that the warrior has been misused and misinformed with other than honorable intent. And even in these situations, we have seen warriors come out against what's happening and say, this is not who we are. This is not why we're here. This is not what the warrior does. This is one of the unique aspects of the warrior ethos that uh, once we study the guardian philosophy, you'll find does not exist for the guardian. The warrior ethos is unique in that anybody can strive for it. Now, that's not to say everybody can achieve it. It is a very different ethos from what we're used to. However, again, if the ethos, the warrior ethos is based on the mission, why can't we all strive for it? And I think that explains why we talk about, you know, the football player, the running back. Man, he's a war, a real warrior. Well, why is that? It's not because he's out there slaying people on the field. It usually has to be followed. It's usually followed up with comments such as, you know, his sacrifice, what he's willing to do, he's out there with injuries, still working for the team. Those are, those are all parts of the warrior ethos that we'll give to athletes, but we will not allow that understanding to be given to our police officers. So knowing the importance of a clear mission, the question begs, what is the mission of law enforcement? And I think this is part of the reason why we're having a difficult time as we continue to muddy that mission by throwing one ancillary responsibility after another on our law enforcement personnel. Some examples of this are we want our law enforcement officers to deal with students who have cell phones in classrooms. Uh, we want them to go out on patrol and they have assignments where they have to go by houses in the community to make sure those individuals are taking their medications. And the really big one is we want them to deal with and handle efficiently and effectively mental health problems. Now, that's not to say that these aren't things that maybe to find time to do or incorporate, but they are well outside of our mission. And as such, they keep asking these folks to do more and more with not nearly enough training and time. I mean, you could take the mental health aspect and you talk to those professionals, you know, six to eight years of school. They'll take one or two 45-minute sessions to figure out what's really happening with this person. What is the mental ailment? And then when you talk to them about, well, what do you do when they're under a crisis? They'll tell you nothing. We don't deal with them at that point because you can't. But that's exactly what we're asking for from our police officers. And, and that's where we start to get unfair. And I've, I've heard the discussion, well, we throw it to the police because they're good at it. We're not good at it. It's just we're there, we're available. And I think we need to go back and clarify the mission and put the right people in the right place. You know, you look at uh, Good to Great, talks about putting the right people on the right bus in the right seats. We need to start doing that with how to deal with the issues of society. It cannot all fall on our law enforcement personnel.
Now, this being said, due to the nature of police work, we are always out with the society. We have to have the ability to be that temporary counselor, that temporary parent, etc. And, and, and also for law enforcement personnel to realize there is an aspect of the warrior ethos that includes the guardian. But it's very specific. It's a very small part. And it is the part that is not proactive which is a key to the mission of law enforcement, the guardian aspect. We don't want to sit around and wait for things to happen, although that does seem to be what occurs. We need to go out there and work with the community. So we have to understand that there is a part of us that is the guardian, but it is a piece of the warrior aspect. Hopefully what we've been able to accomplish is to get a little better understanding of the scope of the warrior ethos and how it goes far beyond conflict and struggle and really has to do with these men and women, especially in the profession of police work, going out there and doing their part to serve others on a daily basis. So, yes, they are there to fight crime. That is their core mission. To say otherwise is unrealistic. Now, does that mean everybody has to be arrested? No. But we do have to deal with the violations of the law in some way, shape, or form. I'm all for diversion programs and all these other things is an, in an effort to address the problem. What's occurring now is we are washing our hands and saying we're just not going to enforce it and hope for the best. We can't do that. So as we continue to move forward with these discussions, uh, I want those men and women in law enforcement to know, keep doing what you're doing. Maybe go back and re-educate ourselves on the true warrior ethos. The police academies, we need to do a better job of this. I understand we focus on the things that scare us to death, which is officer safety, even though it's a relatively small part of what we do, although I think it's growing today and that's a shame. Also, our citizens, we need to go back and educate ourselves as to the warrior ethos as well, because we should be a part of it. There will be other discussions. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the guardian philosophy. And another important piece is the Pelian principles. So those will be the next two podcasts coming up. Hopefully what this podcast has accomplished is for everyone to go out there and start doing a little better research and not relying on other people to give you opinions, including mine, uh, and better educate ourselves so we can have a proper di- uh, uh, discussion. I don't need to agree, but we do need to start to find understanding. So remember, the true warrior ethos is about selfless service. Are we out there doing what's best for everyone, or is it just what's best for ourselves? And this is important not just for law enforcement, but for every member of society. And uh, the Gallagher-Westfall group has what they call a leadership test, and I think it's pretty valid. When you're making those decisions, are you doing the right thing in the right way, at the right time, and for the right reasons? So I'll leave you with this. Our goal is to be a warrior, I think specifically a cognitive warrior. Again, another shout out to Bill Westfall with the Gallagher-Westfall Group. We should all be a reader, a writer, a thinker, and a fighter when appropriate. Stay safe, stay aware, and stay informed. This has been the Cognitive Warrior Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The Cognitive Warrior. You can also find us uh, at our website at thecognitivewarrior.com. And we want to thank Audacity for their open source podcast recording software. The theme music from filmmusic.io, known as The Descent by Kevin McLeod, at incompetech.com, and the license is by creativecommons.org slash license. <laughs>